Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Good morning. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Wednesday, April the 12th, 2023, the week after Easter, and uh, we are continuing our uh, reading a chapter a day through the New Testament this year. And so uh, today we find ourselves in Mark chapter 14, which is kind of a trip back to the other side of the resurrection. So we kind of jump back into Holy Week a little bit and uh, relive a little bit of the um, the intensity and the agony leading up to the um, the cross. So yeah, so glad you guys are on today, spending time in the Word of God. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Let's do it. Let's jump into Mark chapter fourteen. Great to see everybody on this morning. Good morning, Amber. Mark chapter fourteen. Here we go. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and to kill him. But but not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. We remember that from yesterday. Almost word for word what Matthew said, described yesterday. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster joy of very expensive perfume uh, made of pure nard. She broke the, that's a funny word, nard, pure nard, pure nard. What's that? Uh, it's a, some pure nard perfume. Excuse me? Yes, it's just pure nard. Mm. Sounds beautiful. Anyway, she broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wage and money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Yeah. You know, anytime we talked a little bit about this yesterday, but anytime you do something um, extravagant for the Lord, that will always it will always be looked at with suspicion by some people, or even um, uh, looked down upon. You know, you 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 know, especially when it comes to financial things, you give a big donation to the church, or you give a big donation to someone, or you you support this, or you give you you just you just give a big financial gift somehow, some way. Um, and people will be like, why'd you do that? You should have given that to feed the, you know, poor people. You should have given that to this or, you know. So, 
verse 6, but Jesus came to her, came to her defense, right? Jesus said, leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? Oh. Spikenard. Hmm. That's even, that's in more, that's an interesting word. I don't think I've ever heard it. Spikenard. Oil of spikenard. Spikenard. Anyway. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. There are occasions, right? There are times when extravagance is called for, right? If, um, and Jesus is saying that there's always going to be, there's always going to be people in need. There's always going to be some, you know, great national, natural cal- calamity that requires our compassion and aid. Yes. But you can't wait for all that to be cleared up before you do something extravagant for the Lord. No. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to, ba- to prepare me for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Mm-hmm. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray Jesus. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. And from Matthew's gospel, we know it was 30 pieces of silver. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go to make preparation for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples telling them, go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Okay, it's pretty specific instructions. It's going to be a guy carrying water. He's going to meet you. He's going to be looking for you. Say to the owner of the house he enters, the teacher asks, where is my guest room? where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. Hmm. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. So the rest of them came later that evening. While they were reclining at the table, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. Now eating, um, as you know, uh, it was intimate. It was, an, it was that, you know, that, you ate with people that you were in relationship with, that you, you built connection with. There was a level of connection and intimacy and um, trust when you shared a table with someone. And obviously Jesus had been sharing table with uh, the disciples for three years, among whom, among those, was Judas. And so to say that the one eating with me will betray me is, uh, wow, you know, it's uh, it's like someone in my own house is going to betray me. Someone in my own circle is going to betray me. The one who I'm eating with will betray me. They were saddened saddened and and one by one they said to him surely you don't mean me 
they weren't sure, <laughs> right? They weren't sure. They're like, yeah, it was not me, right? It's certainly not me, right? It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips the his dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread and he gave given thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body. Hmm. They weren't expecting that. That weren't that could you imagine the um the intensity in the upper room at that moment when Jesus, you know, prays a blessing over the unleavened bread that would have been part of the Passover meal, and then says before they get ready to eat it, oh, by the way, that's my body, which is broken for you. What? Yeah. Take it, take it and eat it. It's my body. Then he took the cup and he given thanks. He gave it to him, and they all drank from it, even even Judas. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. He said to them, "Truly, I tell you, I will not drink it again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God." Hmm. He gonna drink it again with us one day, you know. We we are all headed for a banquet, man. Where that's where this head thing is all gonna. Culminate with a big banquet, big party, big celebration, and we'll enjoy the fruit of the vine together in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Jesus declared, even if all fall away, I will not. I don't know about these other chumps. I don't know about these other lightweights. But I'm going to tell you right now, Lord, I'm, not, I'm in. I'm in for the long haul. Bring it on. <laughs> uh, they can't shake me. Mm-mm. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. Mm. Jesus like, well, well, let me just break it down for you, Peter. Let me just keep it real with you. Truth is, uh, this very night, uh, before the rooster crows in the morning, uh, you will have disowned me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him and began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. So he's wearing, he's, he's carrying the weight of the world, right? He's carrying sin. He's carrying um, the, um, he knows what's coming. He knows that he's about ready to absorb um, the sins of, the, of, all of all of humanity. He's about to take that penalty on his own back. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, 
he said. Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Hmm. Beautiful surrender right there, isn't it? Beautiful image of Jesus' surrender. And a faith, right? He says, everything is possible. for. I believe you can do anything. I believe there's nothing beyond uh, your reach. Nothing is beyond your capabilities. You can do it. You can do anything. Everything is possible. So you could take this cup from me. You you are capable of doing that. Yet not what I will. What you will. Hmm. That's a prayer we come back to a lot of, often in life as we in, as we face things we don't understand. Um, you know, difficult times in life, physical ailments, nagging injuries or hurts or pains or diseases in our own lives or in the lives of loved ones. We're like, God, I believe you could remove this. I believe you can heal them. I believe you could set them free. I believe you have all power. I don't understand why you're not. But nonetheless, <laughs> not my will, but yours be done. Then he turned to the disciples and found found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you sleeping? No, no, I'm wide awake. Not me. No, just, you know, checking my eyelids for cracks. Just, you know, that's all. No, I had something in my eye right here. And But no, I'm wide awake, Lord. Watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. This uh, little physical moment Jesus uses as an illustration of a spiritual principle, right? Like his body's physically tired and he's starting to like, you know, lose focus. And Jesus uses that as like a spiritual lesson, right? Like the you're you, you know, don't don't spiritually fall asleep, man. Stay awake. Don't don't spiritually fall asleep on me. The, the spirit is willing, but the flesh, if you let the flesh have its way, it'll, you know, you'll you'll become you'll become dim and numb to what God is up to, to what God is calling you to. Um, so stay awake. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. They wake up, man, and it's all about to go down. Just as he was speaking, Judas, uh, Judas, yep, Judas, one of the twelve, this chapter's long, um, yeah, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared, with him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and teachers of the law and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man arrest is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest cutting off his ear. Hmm. 
Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. Hmm. That's a poignant statement, isn't it? Everyone deserted him and fled. Everybody's scared. Everybody's uh, looking out for themselves right now because they, you know, it's 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 because it's it's turned into a crisis. It's turned into a it's come to a boiling point. And so now everyone's running and hibernating and isolating and deserting Jesus. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. And he just left naked. He just ran off naked. That's a lot, right? You got Judas coming in, betraying with the kiss. You got, you know, one of the 12 drawing a sword. You got blood, an ear on flopping on the ground. You got a young man scared. Everybody's running every chaotically out of the way. And then you got a little dude just he's so nervous, left his left his garment behind, just ran naked. Then, uh, verse uh, 53, they took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests, the elders, the teachers of the law came together. Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. Okay. So, um, you know, Jesus is on trial, and Peter's warming himself by the fire. Such a contrast. It's always a contrast to me. Jesus, you know, being, you know, being interrogated and um, mocked and just um, framed, and Peter's warming himself by the fire. Hmm. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death. That was the point. That was the end goal. What What do we need to what charges do we need to drum up for Jesus so that we can put him to death? That, that, you know, that's what we want. Anything less than that, we're not really interested in. We're not trying to just you know, fill out his rap sheet. We're not interested in that. We want him to die. So what kind of charges do we need to uh, muster up, fabricate, so that, uh, so that the end result is he's dead? But they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy the temple made with human hands, and in three days we'll build another not made with hands. Yet even their testimony did not agree. You gotta have at least two or three witnesses that, you know, agree before you know a true a charge can be considered valid, a uh, a claim. And they can't even get two or three to agree on anything. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is the testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? Here you go. I am. That's pretty clear. And so he, I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one 
and coming on the clouds of heaven. Boom. The high priest tore his clothes. Now he naked. <clears throat> now he naked. Man, what's going on here? You got the little boy running, he naked. Now, that's too much nakedness right now. Anyway, <clears throat> no, he tore his clothes in what? Protest, right? This is a way of, you know, blasphemy. Why do we need to hear any more witnesses, he asked. You have heard the blas this blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. But, of course, they don't have the power to do that. They can condemn him, but the, the Jews don't have the authority to kill anyone. The, Rom the Romans have to have to uh, write off, sign off on that. They can think he's worthy of it all they want, but they don't have the authority to do that. Not under Roman control. So, uh, so they condemned him as worthy of death. Then some began to spit on him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists, and said, "Prophesy." The guards took him and beat him. Hmm. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. This again, just a if you can almost see like if I can imagine like a split split screen, and like on one, if you look at this split screen, you got Jesus being just you know beaten and blindfolded and punched, and people yell, "Prophesy!" Guess who you know? Guess who hit who punched you? That was on one split screen, and on the other screen simultaneous is this while peter was below in the courtyard one of the servant girls the high priest came by when she saw peter warming himself she looked closely at him you also were with the nazarene jesus she said but he denied it i don't know understand what you're talking about so you know jesus being punched and pelted i don't know him i have no idea on the other side same time i don't know what you're talking about When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, verse 69, this fellow is one of them. And again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, surely you are one of them. You are, an, you, are, you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses, and he swore. He was being punched and beaten on one side. And here Peter cursing and denying uh, vehemently that he does not know Jesus. Verse 72, immediately the rooster crowed a second time. Then Peter remembered the word of Jesus, the word Jesus had spoken to him, before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. Hmm. He knew, he knew the Lord, the Lord called it, man. The Lord called it. Wow. All right, you guys, well, thanks for being on today. Let's, uh, let's, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you again for uh, your sacrifice and your love and your devotion, your willingness to be betrayed and beaten and uh, denied. Um, and you did it all out of love. So God, we pray that we would be people who have that kind of love um, alive in us, that we would display that kind of love and compassion to others. Lord, that we would live with a not my will, but yours be done attitude. And we would do that today. So today, Lord, we pick up your will, not our own. Help us to be sensitive to your spirit, to walk in step with your spirit, uh, to be your hands and feet. Um, thank you, God, for my friends. I pray your blessing and encouragement 
upon each and every one of them. May they feel strengthened today, loved today, and hopeful today as they walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you guys so much for being on today. Hope you have a great Wednesday. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Looks like we're going to be over in Luke chapter 22. Luke 22 tomorrow. And uh, we'll see you then. You guys have a fantastic day. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.